0: Hey, I'm Amar Chohan.
1: And I'm Charlotte Williams. Thanks for tuning in to
0: Love, Hate, Create. We speak to the smartest people from across the advertising industry to find out what they love about it, what they hate, and what change they want to create. Hello. So today we have Leila Fattah on Love, Hate, Create. Leila is the founder of Platform 13. Platform 13 is a cultural partner for brands. She started out in this industry, founding and running spin agency for just over a decade before being headhunted by Adidas, where she was the PR and social director out of the German headquarters. She then moved on to Diageo, moving back to London, where she headed up culture and entertainment. And it was after that, that she set up Platform 13. We're really excited to Have Layla on uh, today's episode. So, welcome and uh, really looking forward to chatting.
2: Hello, both. Really looking forward to chatting um, on your new podcast. Love it, by the way. Well done. (laughs)
1: Thanks, (laughs) Layla. So, um, Platform 13 is a cultural partner to brands. Um, Now, like we hear the word culture, it's so. I mean you hear all the time right sure. infiltrating culture blah 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 <laughs> what does being a cultural partner to brands mean and how is that different from an agency so tell us I expect your process
2: so I set up platform 13 in response to what I saw having worked in-house between big brands and their agency partners and I found, having had and founded a company like Spin Agency, which was cultural at heart, um, creative communications. We worked with, you know, um, early Vice coming into the into Europe. We worked with fashion, music, art, very cultural types of brands, not big brands, smaller cultural brands. And what I found when I was in house, both as at Adidas and at Diageo, was that there was a like a a gap in culture first communications, which I had been doing for 25 years or more, still still am. Um, And so when I was in-house and I realized that a lot of the big brands didn't have that insight, that way of working, but the projects I did in-house, which were based in the way I've always worked, were really cutting through that's when I was like okay there's an opportunity here to be a cultural partner not an agency to brands to work differently with brands to really really work with them and not for them and that was a really really important strategic thought on how I got to we're not an agency Um, and I think that's really important because you can't do good work without really understanding where the brand comes from What's its values? What's its DNA? What's its tone of voice? What's its you know the deep depths of a brand to really ensure that it resonates culturally for that brand only. Is so, okay, yeah. well, no, that clear? Was that of a good totally music? Totally clear. Um, so it's just how I've been working. How I've been working for a long time. It feels like culture's new. I've been doing it, and people I know have been doing it for a long, long time, but they've not from big brand yeah. world. And after your so, time in house,
0: yeah. then, what made you want to kind of set up? Yeah a business that serviced those kind of clients rather than take on another in-house role because you've done some amazing work and worked for some really exciting brands.
2: Yeah. And I did. And I think I, I, I realized that I'm from my personality, from my background, from all the reasons why there is diversity issues within our industry at the moment in-house doesn't really work for me on a personal level. Um, I found it difficult. I found a bit of a culture shock for me. Um, as I said, having come from a place where I had no access to these kind of, you know, conversations where they're working, I think a friend of mine had added us, I was like, why is no one answering my email? She's like, they speak in PowerPoint. And I was like, wow, really? God, that's, wow, really? And she was like, yeah, they, that's, that's the language. I'm like, my goodness, that's interesting to know. Um, so just stuff like that, having not come from any kind of formal way of doing things was really new to me. And so, but I know that I added a different value. So with Adidas and the re-release of Stan Smith, where I came in, that was my first project two weeks in, and not knowing how things worked actually gave me a bit of a superpower because I didn't was not blinkered by anything. I was just like, but why can't we do that? why can't we do that and why shouldn't we do it like this and I just brought my 10-year experience from you know ground level learning of how to sort of sort of market brands and, and and do that job really well um into a bigger brand but of course big brands are not set up internally for that way of working so actually I was really lucky both within Adidas and Diageo to shift how they worked internally to be able to create projects that li- really resonated externally but it was hard to do you know it's a, it's a tough thing because big brands are built on process um, and they do really well in process and it's incredible and it was an amazing learning curve by the way but actually in order to do cultural work you do need a different system of working inside you need a different system of metrics a different system of, of, of objectives and that's why for me, when people go culture now, I'm like, but is it set up to really do that? Or is it a new title that needs to be put into the business? Yeah. Um, and that's where- Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, you know, you just see suddenly there's like culture in titles. You're like, wow, really? How is it set up? Hopefully, hopefully
1: it is um but it was like culture as a discipline isn't it yeah yeah you're sort of talking about it we're getting into the nitty-gritty I'm aware we're getting into the (laughs) nitty-gritty already so (laughs) let's let's go to the questions let's go to the the main theme of this podcast um what do you love and hate about our industry so I think I think
2: I love on a I think there's a lot of people doing amazing work. And I think, I call them low-key heroes, right? And they, I work with them in my own business. Um, I can see things that have happened. People just don't get the recognition because they're not seen within this business as the rock stars or whatever they called. You know what I mean? And I feel like low-key heroes um, need to get some love actually. I love them. Uh, we work with them. Um, and I just feel like that's something that I see constantly, it's the same old faces, same old stories, same old people Um, so I feel there's opportunity for the unseen you know, to be shone a light on basically, I'd love to do um, a series on Loki Heroes so yeah, that would be great, so that's what I love I think there's a lot of people doing amazing stuff that just don't get
0: How do you think we can give those people Um, more of a a platform then, because it's kind of the extrovert introvert debate isn't it and i totally know what you mean it's the people yeah. that yeah aren't as confident yeah. kind of putting themselves out there that unfortunately um then suffer yeah. and don't get the same quality of opportunities right so how can we...
2: the the recognition yeah. yeah and opportunities yeah i think i think there's a way to do it with our trade press i think there can be more coverage on you know people like who are those sort of like well-known types who get a look in, or agencies that get a look in all the time um, to submit who they think could be the lucky hero? I mean, that's as simple as that. You know, it's kind of like that. That could be a series, an ongoing series uh, potentially. So I think there's ways to shine a light without that person having to put themselves out there. There's other people around who appreciate them, and they can put the light. In. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm be trying endorsed. to say. So. Um, But I think it's the same, uh, yeah, be endorsed. I think think it's the same with partners and agencies. The same old agencies get the same old coverage and we hear the same old thing. And there's a lot of us out here doing amazing work, incredible work, and we're not even on the radar. And I guess low-key heroes can be even more than people. It's also independent companies, you know, we're out here. (laughs) So I guess for me that holds that falls very neatly into the hate part of the industry as well, where we're unseen because we're not part of the system <laughs> in a way. So then you go, hmm, what, does the, what needs to change if the system doesn't work for the rest of us, um, you know? And things like those gatekeeping parts of the system, the pitching process, you know? We don't have big legal teams around us to be able to protect our work. We don't pitch because, first of all, we don't have a whole department just to do that with a legal team to cover us if we have a problem. The procurement um, you know, system can be really hardcore to be able to work with people. So there are gatekeeping systems that keep big working with big, but there's a lot of us out here who are also experts in our field, have got a big body of work that is resonant and contemporary and you know Mm. would like to be as well so I think that's the love hate (laughs) part of it um but would you want to
1: that's really interesting yeah no it does would you want to work have an opportunity to work with these big footsie I mean you have obviously at Diageo and Adidas they're big brands does that work still you know get float your boat or is it the newer Challenger, up-and-coming brands that... So for me, personally,
2: um, I feel like the bigger brands are more interesting for me. Other people may think differently. I'm looking because those are the brands for me that have the ear of the mainstream. And what's important and for these brands that we work with, um, who are incredible brands, actually, they can change a narrative at scale they can break a stereotype at scale. They can do these things at scale yeah. um, already. And that's the interesting part for me, but it has to be done in the way that's right for them and not just weirdly a tick box for something else. And this is we're not talking about diversity. We're just talking about culture. I think there's a big issue at the moment where people go, culture is dynamic, it's not. Culture is the stuff of life, basically. Sneaker culture yeah. is sneaker culture. That's got nothing to do with but it's diverse by nature. So I feel like big brands working with independent companies like us, give them a different point of view. Doesn't mean that they're getting rid of, it's not instead of their current agencies, there's a role for everyone. Mm. But I think for me, big brands have the weight to make change positively for their communities. Yeah. And, and again, not talking about d um, and here. And they have the responsibility actually um, so if they want to do that authentically, if they want to do that with resonance um, and with positive impact, then that's the area that we're looking at. I'm not looking up to go, I'm not, we're not in competition with the agencies yeah. at but all. Do you th- so it's just about you're ag- having you're a another different partner. role. Yeah, it's an yeah. so additional role. specialism this um, And I'm really yeah. happy with that. Yeah. Uh- but, but the, but the problem with that is, sorry, sorry, Amara, just to jump in, is that then you get typecast, Right. And so then there's another thing. So I'm a woman of color, I'm vocally vocal and always have been around diversity and inclusivity. I'm not a DNI specialist. I am just a woman of color in this industry. So you get typecast as well, and that can be frustrating because my body of work over 25 years got nothing to do with my color and my ethnicity. It's got to do with my work in this industry of creative, of advertising, of marketing. I'm a specialist but we get typecast, especially come out of 2020 to be the face of. And that can be also a bit frustrating um, as well. So yeah, few things, <laughs> few things on my mind. I hope I'm not feeling like I'm ranting. Um, just just the reality, just our reality at
0: the moment. Not at all. Um, as to your point about pitching, do you think that's something that needs to be banished from the entire industry? Or is that just a principle that you think has to be stuck up to for platform 13?
2: I mean, I feel like it's a gatekeeping issue. Um, I feel like, and I, I've seen it sometimes, I think people know who they want to work with in the pitching process. I feel like the pitching process is there, should be there as a, opportunity and fairness but i feel like sometimes people know who they want to work with already and so for smaller shops like ours or independent companies like ours it takes a lot for us to be able to do that we don't have a new business development department that all they're doing is doing that so that's where the gatekeeping comes in um and that's why i think there's i, I don't know what the, what needs to happen with the industry but i know that it's something that maybe needs to be evolved. Maybe there's different tiers of it. I, I don't really know, but I feel like for me, that is a, that is a gatekeeper um, to get to work. And it's almost like the- beat, It's a barrier. Beat, it's a barrier, yeah. But a barrier is- It's a barrier set. to entry. It's a barrier to entry, which is a gatekeeping system. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, And, I, and I, I feel like I'm not sure that it's done intentionally, but it is a gatekeeping system. And so you go bigger companies who have the resources are the ones who can really play in that area, and and that's the truth and of the matter. They can matter. play well so, in that
0: area, but I don't know what the industry, what, doing the work better um, than an, an independent could.
2: Yeah, e- exactly, exactly. So, um, again, I was really lucky within my roles because they were quite senior in house. I actually worked with my own network. I actually worked like I did with Spin. I didn't use the rostered agencies within those. Um, Um, companies and the work that came out probably resonated better so there maybe is a
1: different way of doing things. We'd like to take a quick moment to thank one of our sponsors. Massive Music is a global music agency and partner for some of the world's leading brands and agencies. With 10 offices worldwide and over two decades of expertise, they deliver everything you need in the field of music, voice and sound, from sonic branding and activations to music for commercials and licensing. Just to name a few, Massive Music works with clients such as Heineken, Nike, The North Face, Philips and Colgate. They also provided the music for this very podcast. On top of being a lovely bunch they're an official sound partner for brands on TikTok and since 2021 they're part of Song Trader, the world's largest B2B music company. Their ultimate goal is to combine musical craft with strategy to elevate your project or campaign through the power of music in sound which if you ask us is oh so needed in the advertising world of today. If you're interested, send an email to lovehatecreate at massivemusic.com so they know you came through us. Needless to say, they're all ears. It sounds to me, I'm just picking up on, you know, the, the fact that you are perhaps not a particularly a process person, as in you you can feel constrained by these barriers, these gatekeepers. You just want to do the cultural Work So I'm going to ask you, what, and excuse my real ignorance here, but I'd just <laughs> love to get a sense of what, <laughs> what your work actually entails. Can you give us an example so, of what a cultural yeah. partner does? Is it anthropology? Is it ethnography? I'm just really fascinated. And it's I'm all sure of those audience... things.
2: It's all of those right. things. So that's why it's very hard to um, benchmark it next to something else. At the moment they go creative agency, social agency. Cultural agency, yeah. there isn't such yes. a thing. Culture runs across all of those things. Those are the channels that culture runs through. So it's a holistic overview strategically um, that needs to be put into businesses for them to resonate. It's not the activity or cultural activities. There's a strategic piece that needs to go in. And that's what we did internally um, at these big companies that I worked in, which is not how it currently works at the moment in the system. So it's a different way of working. It's, an, it's a holistic way of working versus an output. So I don't think that's helpful. So for example, let's think of an example that be really good. So work yeah. with Pinterest on their pride film, right? Um, we uh, worked really, really well with them in terms of thinking about that platform and what it meant for the LGBTQIA plus community. The insights that we got, um, were good and right from the brand but when we spoke to people there was a new insight for them that they can now work with which is for trans people Ah. they see Pinterest as a safe place to understand how to wear things so that's a really beautiful insight for something like Pinterest that hadn't come from them but because we were working with those with the lived experience who use it that feels like a latent community that they could work better with and add value to. That's one example, right? So then we, you know, we talked about that. Um, whereas I think what people go, they go, oh, it's makeup on a drag. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, that's what I'm trying to say. So there's a depth that comes to it yeah. that is different and, and additional and actually opens up business growth because you go, okay, what could what more could we do for the trans community? How can we work with them better? How can we support them better? That's the difference. It's like, what can you do for the community versus what can the community do for you? That's the way we see it. Same with Guinness. Um, Guinness has been you know, um, exporting Guinness to the Caribbean since the 1820s, basically. Um, and so we worked with the Caribbean community to actually create a city takeover with one of the grandmothers from this project that we did um, with uh, two young, two young Brothers called um, Original Flavor, who do Caribbean cooking, learn from their grandmother, um, and she actually taught them all about Guinness Punch because she comes from Jamaica. Um, Guinness Punch is a huge part of Caribbean culture; it's massive. It's like friend of mine is Jamaican. Yeah. Friend of mine is Jamaican. He was like, I didn't even know they were Irish. I thought they were Jamaican. <laughs> That's a, in- Such a good insight. (laughs) That's an entire community already engaged with your brand that you're not speaking to, but they love it. Just that thing, we had this poster campaign um, that had my husband love his Guinness punch. The community went crazy. They were so stoked. They were so stoked. That's the work. So actually, if you think about it, it's about how would you then take that insight, that activity pull it up to strategy and build out a new community for business growth we're not just talking about cultural nice to have it's actually connected into the business if done properly if handled properly and if done in the right way that's respectful and mutually beneficial so that's the type oh and that's just one example of many 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 things they're so great that's examples
1: <laughs> they're, they're really are. great yeah they're great examples because it shows like like you say you're basically tapping into niche or new audiences who they never even knew they had they, they never even
2: existed audiences please be clear not okay sorry Me, no, okay but, let's not be because because that's the thing about language right the word niche But they didn't more. know they were there but that's not right niche. okay they're, it's not a niche audience. No. I they see, yeah, didn't know okay. they were there. When it's niche not... audience feels like a very small, the Caribbean community. Yes. They're big audience. Me, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. We, and we call them latent communities,
1: dormant communities. They're already there. Okay, latent is the word. And but I get, yeah, who represent huge growth potential. So they're Absolutely. not niche, they're latent Absolutely. They represent, but yeah. yeah. So Fantastic. So we identify
2: okay. By working closely with the brand and not just getting a brief, we understand and can identify and source and work with those communities that can drive business growth. When I talk about cultural relevance being a growth driver, I'm talking about business. You know, I'm mixed up. This is not a nice thing to have. I'm very clear about how business works. So actually you get the impact yeah. And you get the business growth. I mean, it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. Moving,
0: moving <laughs> away from the superficial so, and the box-ticking culture kind of cons yes. that you see, and actually doing the yeah. work to yeah. to make but creative that resonates with that huge, latent, wide community. Yeah,
2: resonates. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why we Sorry, set up line. platform thirteen to be able to do that is because we, our team that works with those different types of communities are made up of the people from those communities. There you go we curate our team accordingly, accordingly. Right. And therefore, and so the output could be a social campaign, could be a create campaign, that's the output of the holistic. And because we curate our team, you then get the best creatives, the best to work in with us to be able to do that. And that's
1: the difference. Because they're tapped into those communities. That's really important, isn't it? It,
2: I mean, you can't do it any other way. How are you going to be able to have someone who's not from... Whatever community it is, where it's LGBTQIA+, where it's sneakers, where it's Caribbean, who has no idea about the actual community that culture. If you're culture, wearing
0: loafers and a jean, you know? so, how are you going to appeal to the uh, sneaker uh, culture community, I mean, right? I,
1: mean, I, mean, I mean, You can send discussion. me over. I mean, Hello. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm going to leave. I'm
2: going to leave you to say uh, to say that, but you know what I mean. Um, and that's when. Yeah that's when diversity comes in. Do you understand what I mean? So although I'm not D&I, yeah, I'm yeah. um, culture, it's by nature di- diverse and that's really important as well. So, so it, you know, there's a few sort of different layers that are layered into to to how we're doing things and, and how we're trying to do things. Um, You know, we, we win some, we learn some, but we're trying to shift things forward um, and that's okay. how we're trying to so do it. So talking about
0: yeah. shifting things forward then, what's the change that you create in order to make sure that we've got a better uh, more effective industry kind of uh, on the road that lies ahead of us
2: so I yeah and I think it's about as I said all connected probably to the love hate part as well we need champions we need sponsors for us you know I don't need a mentor I need someone who's gonna go you know what this may be the right way to do it let's try something new but I need that as a standardized way of doing things. You know what I'm trying to say? Like that's, we need to move the dial by breaking down the systemic gatekeeping things that are keeping things moving forward and keeping things at the status quo. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm happy to work with anyone who's willing to try and shift things forward. And as I was saying, it's not instead of, it's additive, it's additive. And that's really, really important to say as well. Like there's a role for everyone, but It's very hard to not be typecast, especially coming out of 2020, not be seen to be, you know, um, put in a box about anything. There's so many different solutions to different things, but um, it's going to take the entire industry for that to happen. And that's what I mean by people championing things, um, talking about stuff, being open to change. That's going to take the whole industry from the traditional players to newbies like us to different ways of thinking, but it's going to take a village um, yeah. if we want it. Um, and I guess, I guess it's hard from down here to try and go, oh, we should predict this and this. We can only show through work what resonates and what, and what happens. But even with sort of basic metrics, just because the community who we see is, is, is sending messages around um, going, oh, my God, it's a historic moment for the Caribbean community with Guinness. A historic moment. Those are the words. It doesn't get seen in the metrics, does it? So again, Mm. you go. how do you really understand what impacts community? Because at the moment, those kind of measurements are not really standardized. So it may not look the same in terms of numbers for an awareness campaign, reach campaign, blah, blah. So there's a lot of different parts to it as well. But as I said, happy to, to work with people and trying to find um, new ways of doing things as the world mm-hmm. changes and and things transform, um, and hoping that we can yeah. push this industry forward. Basically, yeah, because I love so it. We need you know, sponsors, yeah. yeah. sponsors, sponsors not
1: mentors. I, I've seen a lot on that recently. I've seen yeah. a lot of posts and people talking about that. Yeah, um, it's an interesting thought, isn't it, no, to move uh, the industry forward? Yeah, but Charlotte, just just to be
2: sure again, he's not instead yeah. of
1: mentors it's additive we need additive
2: additive. yeah because obviously some people will need mentors um but i think for shifting things forward we also need champions and sponsors you know so just just it's nothing's ever instead of i just i just want to make sure that's clear yeah
1: it's not yeah 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 it's not either or so so okay but there is a there is a definite movement towards people talking about this that i've seen yeah. around you know like proper mm-hmm. advocates and and, yeah. and i agree i think it's really important to shift the industry so that's the first thing you change what what else would you look to uh, change or uh, evolve I, I don't i mean we're working at the moment
2: um so excited to be working with dna d shift at the moment as their yes. new comms partner for the shift program which oh, is okay. you know um incredible um and in all the different cities as well but we can see as well that there is place as i said for other types of partners and uh um agencies so a lot of the people coming through that really want to work with smaller companies um that are more independent because the projects are resonating within those communities that may not have before. And that's a really interesting shift. You know, if you look at something like Geldem, you know, this is a really sad thing. Does any, do you guys know Galdem? So Galdem was one of the first sort of like, you know, POC founded, ran and championed in media. You know, they've had to close because They did something different for the community. It was so important. These were the first writers that came through. These are the, you know, it was so huge and it had to close this year because it doesn't fit into this system at the moment of media, um, perhaps, you know? So I think this is the problem. If these things don't get support, don't get championed, don't get sponsored and, you know, put forward for things, you're then going to start to lose all these incredible new voices coming. Yeah, in. yeah, it's a you know travesty I mean? that and they've I think, closed. I don't know what the answer is. It's a travesty, it's a travesty, you know, and that's one of others that are not even seen, you know, they at least had some some kind of um, platform, but I, you know, I, I felt gutted. I felt gutted because, you know, there's a few of us out here, we're trying yeah. to do things and at some point, like, it's unsustainable for us, you know what I mean? We can only do so much. So that's why... Uh, I, I, they all kind of connected together, Charlotte. I don't think there's like, it's not like, here's number one, number two, number three. I don't have the answer. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, it, shift, it, but this d shift is supporting, what you're doing it is, is supporting these, like slightly more underrepresented. And there's, loads, and there's loads of things groups. coming through, right? And that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. And I've talked yeah. about this before. The diversity is there. Once they get into the yeah. industry, the inclusion is the problem. So right. what people do at the moment is, and, you know, I'm using the word diversity, inclusivity in the broadest yeah. possible sense, but we are all diverse out here. The world is diverse. When we get through to amazing programs like Shift into the industry, are we making sure that these different points of view and different opinions and different knowledge, different backgrounds, different thoughts, different ideas are welcomed and people feel like they belong? or is there then a drop off <laughs> what's in the industry because you're like wow there's the system in here you know what I'm trying to say like that so it's this weird they all kind of connected together yeah. I feel somehow the golden um, example is a great one like it tying did, it oh, back you know, to it...
0: business essentially that needed a champion yeah. to like drive it forward and it make did. sure that it stays put and it develops and grows it and turns into like yeah. a media powerhouse, maybe gets bought by someone else or invested in, like, a med- it lacked that person, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, whatever Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think it did. And, and, and for me, it's like, but kept it the way it was. That's the key thing on inclusion. It's, you couldn't have taken something like that, put it, you know, spoil, you know, sponsored champion and then gone. But this is how obesa change. That's where you then get a problem around inclusion. You know what I'm trying to say? So that's why it's super complex, eh? This is not an easy fix. And this is why it's hard to go because they kind of blend into each other, the one, two and three, a little bit. Um, So, you know, as I think though, keen to work on this with other people, just but also trying to survive, you know, I'm an independent business myself. We don't have investors. We don't want partners. We don't have that. So that we can stay trying to do different things in different ways. Um, but you know we're out here too, like just doing the thing. So um, I I think it'll take a village, yeah. but I don't know where the starting point is. Um, but yes if you guys do well, you've the started, podcast, you started
1: do you, you started yeah. <laughs> yeah, come up with the solution that would be amazing. Um, but, but it's yeah, these so, tiny changes, isn't it? You're, yeah, you know, you're, so, the, the yeah. DNAD shares other initiatives that the industries are running. You know, it, it yeah. is uh, hopefully generating some traction. um I feel like we've done two things. You change. I mean, like you say, it's hard to they all merge into one. Is there a, is there anything else, or, or or what are you? What do you feel that you're doing to specifically improve or change the industry? And what would you like others to do who are listening to this?
2: Yeah. So I think the main thing is to like just open the gates. <laughs> I do I else to say that? Like bring people in that you may not think could be right. I mean, listening to the two examples of the type of work that we do and other people like us, you know, is that interesting for your brand or, yeah. you know, for, you know, at the end of the day, I think deep down, I'm a brand guardian. So for me, um, it's never to come in and kind of shake it up to the point that's hurting. It's actually to add value to the brand from a different point of view. But I don't, I never know. I think for me, okay, Scrap back. I think if we can make cultural relevance a growth driver, an actual growth driver, I think that could actually shift the dial because it it, it facilitates um, curiosity about what's happening in the world. It opens up conversations that you may not know is happening with other people. It brings new people in, but it actually is a business growth driver. And I think that that's really important to say. It's not just this nice to have. So Cultural relevance could be a growth driver. I think that could be a game changer for the, for, for the business. Um, but that might take another podcast to explain exactly what that is, because it's deep and complex. But this idea of bringing, um, making sure a brand is relevant at all times is probably the job mm. in a world of uncertainty. Seriously, mm. like how do you be relevant as That's the okay. world is yeah. shifting? How do you stay relevant? Yeah. That's cultural relevance that's all it is. And so what ha- needs to happen yeah. internally for that to happen? Because what happens and we've seen it before, brands and companies, big, especially big brands, because of the process, they work so far in advance, by the time they're ready to do something in two years time, it's you know, two and a half years time, it's already irrelevant, you know? And so cultural relevance as part of additional could be an interesting way to shift how brands work, how companies work. Um, because the world is so different today. We saw what happened yeah. in 2020. We've seen what's happening with AI. We see all the shiny new toys all the time. Like, is that what it is? Or is that understanding what that is? And going, does it? Is this right for my brand? How can I make sure that this is working for what we need to do? And have that kind of filter system somehow. But that's going to differ from yeah. company to company. Um, and that's an interesting area as well. Is like, How do we set up companies to be culturally relevant because it's different for every brand.
1: It's not the same as a media strategy. It's a culture strategy. When you talk Um, about it, it is, isn't it? But when you talk about it, I'm thinking my mind goes to like when people, like the Oreos tweet or the Kanye tweet, you know, uh, the Burger King. And, and, you know, that's like, these are big companies who are very responsive but Mm -hmm. i guess that's like you know and that is simple and there's but it's interesting that big companies are set up to move that quickly with those tweets i think
2: yeah and i think but i'd love
1: your view on that
2: so we have to be careful that because you're trending on happy pizza day that that is not that's not relevant that's not what you're talking about that's not what we're talking about it could be part of it if that's part of your cultural strategy if it's just yeah. jumping onto, and so here's this another big conversation around cultural moments in the calendar, Black History Month. Moments, exactly. Yeah. What happens with the rest of the yeah, year? Yes. You know. Totally. What? Like, it's just the weirdest concept around these months, which I think are important to raise awareness, but that shouldn't stop and always on strategy. Yeah, it yeah, should be these cultural things I don't very know very nuanced isn't it it's, so it's nuanced. very nuanced and, and, and the measurement is have we got the most engagement and reach on national pizza day is that your cultural strategy <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know is it because uh, that is constantly... it a part of it is it possibly least, yeah possibly <laughs> but like that's where you yeah. get yep, and then you get <laughs> right oh, there's there, the dog there's
0: a dog um <laughs> It's so cultural, sorry, cultural re- it's okay. relevance get, but, as a but again, default setting right it should be a given not just hijacking cultural moments it's actually making sure that it, there's a it big feels like difference like so much of culture there's nowadays takes place on the internet and for a long while now brands have like been throwing like content and creative that was kind of uh yeah. appropriate for your traditional channels and then just like trying to shove it into all of these new platforms and yeah. uh media mm. channels mm. but actually yeah. if that cultural relevance yeah. layer is there then those amazing technologies and platforms it can could be yeah, it, it could be that it could be something, something else, else. It, yeah. it, like you yeah. could do it in a far more meaningful and yeah. resonant way Fenty. right
2: absolutely absolutely and remember those are channels mm. so it could be yeah. you know if you really culturally relevant to whatever communities and it could be existing communities that you work with that, that you yeah. know are part of, um, you, you want to sort of target or latent communities how do they want to receive the information what is going to make your brand relevant to them as opposed to just showing a new benefit out in the air and hoping someone so it's just the other side it's a culture first way of thinking I call it cultural state of mind versus a media first strategy or a and that's the difference and as i said these can work together it is not about instead of but if you layer that on that will always whoever's working on that if they have the right mindset and and way of working will always be thinking about how to keep your brand relevant Mm relevance. i mean it's you know for me it feels quite so obvious logical um and mm. it's so obvious. obvious yeah i don't know but for me i think the worry is it's the same as the super bowl right the super bowl this year for me we're saying, saying you know yeah all these lists of the best ads the person who made the most noise was rihanna
1: Oh she, yeah, it was the it was Rihanna <laughs> sponsored by the Super
2: Bowl. <laughs> you know, it was but, but what part of Rihanna? She brought out Fenty, she did her nose. That's a product genius marketing, right? So yeah. she made yeah, the most yeah, noise. Yeah. Amazing. The the sign language woman made the other most noise for me. So you can have all your lists of the Super Bowl, but what really, really yeah. resonated? It was Rihanna. <laughs> Yeah. you know what I'm, I'm 100%. saying? Hundred percent, that, and that's cultural. He smashed it. It's cultural. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, so that's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't mean that you get rid of the ads. You go, how do you do more for a brand? How do you do more of that? How do Yeah, you know, she's a brand, yeah. and her it's nothing her brand. in isolation. Nothing in isolation. Yeah.
1: It's, it's 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 really it's just yeah. a different. Well, I feel
2: a like view. Yeah.
1: A different, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a mindset, like you say. Cultural, did you call it cultural state of mind? Yeah, that, yeah. that's it, isn't it? It's um, it's fascinating. I feel like I've had a masterclass in cultural relevance, a lot of it didn't feel but like, I've got it's confusing. Yeah, it can also be because new I know. It's I feel like nuance, I've I've yeah. got so much no I think I've 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 obviously got so uh, being corrected on a few things which has been really interesting <laughs> but it, it, it's a total like no yeah. it's great I think it's fascinating and I think like you say cultural relevance is you've proven it's a growth driver it's just how driver. do you ra- continue to raise the awareness and the understanding because I think yeah. there's confusion is to d- what it is it's not just a tweet it's not just this a- anyway we could talk for hours I'm just um <laughs> conscious of of time, um, and I'm gonna e- we're gonna end on a question, um, yes. Layla, around where do you see our industry in the next five years? Hopefully, more um, culturally relevant. But I don't well, want to put words well, into your mouth.
2: <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I hope that the changes that are being made um, are actually going to be there for the long term. Because I feel like, and we've seen a lot now where there's been a bit of a drop off. Um, of interest in more sort of community-based companies, such as Gelden, like that's, that's a, for me, that was a bit of a, it was a bit gutting to be honest, because it's a bit of a reflection on the lack of brand partnerships coming in, you know, the lack of understanding, maybe risk averse companies just going, oh, that's maybe a bit too, you know, too, too wild for me, whatever. Um, so I feel like we've taken a bit of a step back just with that one example. There've been other things I've seen online where companies that are minority owned for some reason have gone, the phones have stopped ringing, you know? So I feel like it's gone a little bit quiet and therefore I live in hope and possibility and I will continue talking about this stuff um as much as I can but at some point we're gonna need champions here guys <laughs> to yeah. move things forward yeah. so I think it's not also it's not only up to us to try and change things as always um yeah. it's gonna take a village so as I said live in hope and possibility but maybe we can come back in five years Sounds time and good. do a bit of a reflection <laughs> uh, and see and see where we got to but Really nice to chat to you both. I, 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 I hope you I don't too. feel like I'm being really negative on the industry. Just think there's opportunities. No, it's brilliant. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so, no, yeah. That was great. Cool.
0: Thank you so much. Totally not negative. Thank you, Leila. Hope and optimism is definitely no what I'm leaving <laughs> uh, filled with.
2: Hope and optimism. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Cool. Nice to Thank see you both you. again.